You're listening to the Mama Guide Podcast, episode number four. I'm your host, Chelsea LaFon, and today we have an amazing special guest, Brandy Unruh, home organization expert. Before we get started, I'd love and appreciate it from the bottom of my heart if you could take a moment to leave a review. It helps other moms just like you find the podcast in the future, and I appreciate it so very much. Don't forget after the show to come hang out with us at themomaguide.com. Make sure you subscribe so that you can find more articles, resources, and tools just for you. All right, let's get started. us how to organize our home, how to keep it organized, and how to do it in a realistic way because we're moms. We're not home stagers. Hi, Brandy. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on. How are you doing today? Oh my gosh, I'm doing so great. Thank you so much for having me. How is Colorado? You're in Colorado right now. Is it fall yet? Oh my goodness. It depends on who you ask. I think it's freezing outside, but I'm from Las Vegas originally, so I think summer should last until maybe October 20th, and then it can get cold, and that's just not what happens here. I've been here for 12 years. You'd think I'd get used to it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's already getting cold here too, and I'm not ready. I feel like we missed summer. I was out your way in June of this year, and it was cold when I was there. (laughs) It's it's Boston is just weird. Yeah, that's okay though. (laughs) So I wanted to talk. It's so perfect because now that fall's approaching and cold weather is going to start to bring us more indoors. It's so perfect to have you on because you're my organization expert and. Now that we're indoors, we're going to be really facing our organization. And so I want to pop on. I get these questions all the time. And so I really wanted to bring you on and talk about how to organize our home, how to keep it organized, because it's a big deal. It's a big hurdle that there's a lot of myths and misconceptions about. I really believe that people spend a lot of time trying to achieve this level of perfection, perfection that they see in magazines, on movies, on Pinterest in other people's places. And that is not what organization is about. Organization is really about making it so that you can feel like your home is no longer closing in on you for one, and that you can find the things that you need to find when you're looking for them. I don't know about you, but I find it incredibly frustrating when you put something somewhere and someone moves it to where it doesn't belong. And then, (laughs) and then you cannot find it. So just having a system put into place that works for you. It's not about other people's systems. It's not about buying into a system. It's not about buying things in general. It is just about making sure that things that belong together are together in an easy fashion. Yeah, totally. And like you said something the other day that I feel is so spot on. And I talk about this in all aspects of life perfection in what is perfection when it comes to organization, because I think you and I have the same belief, but tell us how you feel about the perfection complex when it comes to organization. First of all, there's no such thing as perfect. There is something that works for one person doesn't work for another. And perfection really doesn't exist. When you go onto Pinterest, which we all do and look at the pictures and think to yourself, Oh my goodness, I can never achieve that. Well, guess what? Neither can they, this is a picture it's staged. It's going to last like this for five minutes. And then when the picture's done, it is going to go back to the chaos that it was to begin with. Now there are some people of course that 
have a certain personality type and their home seems to be always put together, but I have a newsflash. It's never perfect. It's just, that's something that they give extra effort to. And then somewhere else in their life, usually it's their car. I, I joke, but it's true. Um, they, they neglect, everyone has an area in their life that they neglect. And so my first kind of thing, when I meet with people, um, for organization and just in general, when we talk about getting your home prepped for various things, uh, I'm kind of say, Hey, throw perfection out the window. We need to figure out a way to make this work for you. So you can do what you need to on a daily basis and feel successful. It's so true. And it's so very true when you say some people might be more particular, like I'm very particular in placement of my home, mm-hmm. but my car is not always great yes. because we're always on the go. It's so funny <laughs> it's because so my husband is very particular about his garage and um, then he comes in the house and then just dumps mail all over the kitchen counter, which is my area of like anxiety. And so I'll move something from the house to the garage and he'll have a fit and be like, it doesn't belong here. And then he'll come inside and just spew mail everywhere. And I'm like, this doesn't belong here. So everyone has a place. And then they're a mess somewhere else. Don't let them fool you. Everyone is a mess somewhere. (laughs) Especially with us moms. I feel like so many of us feel like other people have this level of perfection that we really don't. And if they do, they're faking it. No. Like there's no such thing as perfect. No matter what you see in someone's life, there's got to be something that no, is just, there is no, there's no perfect. Thing perfect. And you know, it's really funny because I have some people in my personal life who are very organized, but they will like kind of joke that they'll try and get out of the car with their seatbelt on. Now that's of course a little extreme, but everyone has kind of an area where they're like really good at something and not good at something somewhere else. And it's okay. Just be you, just be real and acknowledge the fact that perfection is not attainable. And then you know what? And now that we've all agreed that you can't be perfect, let's just be kind of good. Yep. Let's do the best we can. Okay. So let's go right into where do we begin? What is the first step you recommend? Because I know sometimes when you have a big area or a closet or a room to organize, it can be kind of daunting. So what do you recommend as the first place to start when starting organization? So the first place I recommend you start is looking inward at what kind of person you are. There are two types of individuals that I come across on a regular basis. There are the kind that are kind of like me where they start one small task. I always recommend with a small task. They start with a small task and then it snowballs into eight hours worth of organization. That's cool. But that's a lot of time to dedicate to one project and then you're really not quite where you want to be yet. So that's cool. That's one way to go about it. And then there's other individuals that they start one task, that one task overwhelms them, and then they feel set back. We don't want setbacks. So let's start with what kind of person are you? Do you get overwhelmed easily? Okay, then your first project is going to be a drawer, one drawer. I don't want you to do anything else. Just pick the messiest drawer in your house, or maybe even not the messiest drawer. Maybe you need to start with the least messy drawer and put things with other things that are just like them. I joke with this case, we'll talk about my junk drawer. My junk drawer has a lot of, has a lot of strange things. Um, seeds Mm -hmm. to garden that I didn't use that I cannot bring myself to throw away and batteries because I have a child and I run a business and my husband works from home. So we have batteries of all kinds. 
So one of the days of organization, we put together a system so that it made it easy to find the batteries that we needed to find and the seeds that we needed to find and the circumstances cleaned up the little drawer. So now when you open it, you for the most part can see what's in there and then, you know, deal with what you ought to. If you are one of those people that can snowball for eight hours, then I recommend you start with the most overwhelming space in your house. Because if you can get over that piece, then everything else is going to be cake. For most people, that most overwhelming space is their pantry, their linen closet, or their personal closet. Yes, it is a big one, and you know what's really funny. The personal to me closet is, is a big most one. Most of us live in a home that doesn't come from a catalog. All right, that's cool. So you have this space, but it's literally like a wire rack around a room for the most part, and you're just expected to make sure that you can find all your clothes and all of your shoes in that space, and it just becomes one of those really daunting things where you feel the need to go and purchase a system. I'll get into that later. And you feel the need to do all these things and that becomes overwhelming in itself. So you don't do it. So you do nothing. And then it just piles on and on and on and on and on. And the next thing you know, like your clothes are falling on your head and you can't find anything and you have stuff with tags on it everywhere, which is a whole nother can of worms because if you have something with tags on it, you should wear it. (laughs) (laughs) My daughters will leave tags on their clothes for months. Right. And I'm like, for real? I, I, I would want to wear it so right away. <laughs> but that's the hard part is we're so busy as moms and on the go. And whether you are working from home or you work out or you, you're out of the home or you're a stay-at-home mom, we're always on the go. And I feel like that's where the organization becomes such a thing because mm-hmm. things just get placed somewhere or tucked somewhere because we're so busy. That is true. So my number one tool of success is learning to keep like with like. And it sounds so silly, but if you have one place that you always put your workout clothes, one place that you always put your underwear, one place that you always put your t-shirts, one place that you always put your jeans, it becomes really simple that you can easily corral things together. I don't even care if it's folded. Some people folding clothes is a, is a non-negotiable thing. They cannot get to it. All right, cool. Here's a bin for you to literally throw every workout top and workout pair of pants into. I don't care what happens when I leave here. Just make sure you keep them in that bin. And it makes them feel successful because they're no longer looking at a pile of clothes that's all over the place. And it also allows for them to find their stuff. We want to be able to find your things so that they don't get unused. We buy them to use them, not to look at them. Yeah. And what you're hitting on right now is actually something that worked really well for me with my children is that people would say, how do you keep their rooms clean? Well, I don't really have my kids organize their things. I buy them bins that are easy for them to chuck stuff into and put back in the closet or put onto the shelf or under the bed. Yes. And I think that that is definitely a cue to what people need to kind of switch their brain chemistry into thinking. Instead of being concerned that your child is putting their Barbies, I have a little girl, so putting their Barbies back where they go, be concerned with the fact that they put something in something that no one can see. So I have my favorite storage item are these cubes that you get from Walmart. So I get them from Walmart. I have 
seven different versions of this in my house. Two of them are in the basement. One of them's in my daughter's room. One's in my office. One's in my husband's office. And it really makes it easy to hide the mess. Because really, sometimes that's what it's about. Hiding the mess. You know what's in there. You're the only person that needs to find it. And making sure that it's easy for you or your child or your husband to keep up once the organizer leaves. <laughs> well, that's something that's great too. Cause like, that's how I kept organized when, when my son was a toddler and a baby, well, he's still kind of a toddler, but their baby toys are always on the floor and that bugged the hell out of me. So before somebody would come over or before my husband would get home from work, I have a, I had a couple bins under the TV and I also have a coffee table that opens up and I would just shove everything in there and close it. (laughs) That is perfect. And that's exactly what I typically recommend for those that have real life stuff um, that they need to use on a daily basis. And it's impossible to think your child isn't going to play with things. So if you have that kind of Mm -hmm. mentality, then it's going to be really difficult for you to keep up with your belief system. But if you realize that they're going to play with things and they know where they have to put those things when they're done or where you put them when they're done, then it really makes you feel a lot less stressed. Oh, oh my goodness. Look at all this mess. Well, the mess is cleaned up in two minutes. We almost touched on this. And this is something I'm going to roll right into the next one is what do you recommend against? And we kind of just came across this, but what do you recommend against when it comes to organizing? Two things that I want to talk about here. Number one, I recommend against having the idea that you need to go to the container store or some catalog and purchase these expensive, exorbitant exorbitant systems and like really invest all this money into organization because what will happen is you will get those systems home. They're meant for a certain space, a certain criteria, a certain system situation that most of us don't work with. And then you will feel unsuccessful, frustrated, or it's going to sit in your garage. And maybe your husband's like my husband and gets mad because you got this item in there that you're not using and it's in their space. (laughs) But in any case, you're going to be really frustrated because it's not working for you. And then you're going to give up. (laughs) So don't do that. Also put down the Pinterest. Pinterest is meant to inspire you. It is not meant for you to compare yourself or your home, or your closet, or your family to what you see on Pinterest, or your cooking, by the way, for those of you that are not the greatest cooks. It is all about inspiration to do your best to make something work for you. I love Pinterest. I use Pinterest on a regular basis, but I am fully aware that you cannot achieve this fake staged circumstance that you see on, on Pinterest. And Newsflash, they don't either. They do not live like that. That is staged for a picture to make it look a certain way to achieve their goal of trying to show you what something is supposed to look like. But we've already discussed this perfect doesn't exist. So as soon as that picture is over, it goes right back to being a mess. Oh, yeah. No. And so one of the things that I do on the side as well is staging photography. And well, photography is such a passion of mine. But when I decorate a space for a photo, it's so much it's, it's for inspiration. It's for ideas. Like these are, I have to put so much together that wouldn't work in a normal space. When I do a tablescape, you'll get the core ideas in there, but then there's so much extra that doesn't really work in real life. And 
there's staging and then there's real life and there's totally two different things. You know, um, I hope I can talk about my other job in this circumstance because it fits right in line here. So I am a residential real estate agent and I do a lot of staging. And staging is necessary in order to sell your home. Homes sell for more when they are staged. But you can also have to acknowledge that 90% of the time people are still living there. So you have to do certain things that are easy for them to keep up when you're not there making sure it's all perfect for those pictures and for those showings. On the flip side, when a home is vacant, you can stage it differently and it stays that way. So how many times do you go into a home, a model home or whatever, and you look around and you think to yourself, oh, look at how perfect this is. Look at how this is and that is. Well, no one could actually live like that. For one, these pictures are in the darn way. Where are you going to put your knives? Where are you going to put your coffee maker? (laughs) Where are you going to put your things? (laughs) So it's just, yes, it's just like knowing the difference between (laughs) staged and fake. And it's okay to have like fake pieces in your life, fake you know, things to make things look better. That's totally allowable. You want things to be pretty, but you also have to realize that, you know, pretty and functional don't always fit hand in hand. And I am all about function. If I can't clean it, if I can't clean it up, I don't want it in my house. Yes. You know, and the best thing I hear over and over from experts across so many fields is function is key. And just like you said, focus on what's real you know, use it as an inspiration, but also keep mm-hmm. in mind function. Is it going to work for my daily right. life? Like over-organizing to the point where there's no way you could put things back in that, like the way that you were hoping to. It just is a waste. I I found when I work with clients um, in both areas of my life, the most inexpensive way to organize is usually the most effective. So this puts us right into how do we keep organized? Because you're a mom. I've got, I mean, teenagers, toddlers, and preteen, like, like they're like little tornadoes sometimes. And how do you keep areas organized or how often do you need to revisit it for you to recommend for us to be easier? for? Well, every, everyone is different. So I would like to first off say that once you organize something, it isn't just going to be that way forever. And so it takes work just like anything else. It takes work. Now, it also takes work to make it a mess. So as my business coach would say, it's easy to do and it's also easy not to do. So it really is about your focus. You can either do it small incrementally, keeping it up that way, or you can have a spring and fall cleaning date where you go through and you fix it to get back where you need it to be after six months of mess. Um, There is a level of you got to at least try. And I I find it easier to try once you kind of have an idea of what you're doing um, and acknowledging that, oh, well, I need to make sure to put all of the, um, you know, Tupperware back in the same drawer. I'm using that as an example because people complain about their Tupperware all the time. Um, So if you have a system that allows for that, then it's easier to keep it up anyway. And it, you know, there's going to be a point where it gets messy right now. I've been super busy with the spring and summer, you know, crazy that is Colorado. And um, so I have some areas in my house that need some attention, but I acknowledge that it's not going to be eight hours worth of attention. It's probably going to be, you know, 20 minutes to fix this area, 20 minutes to fix that area. And a couple areas that will come with time, like my daughter's American girl doll mess. (laughs) 
still working on that. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, that's yeah. so true. It could be twice a year. And I like that you say spring or fall because you can't just do it once a year. I tend to do the same thing, like a whole house overload twice a year. Right. And some people get really overwhelmed. Don't come into your house and go, oh no, I have to organize my whole house right now. No, please do not do that. Do not send, yeah, do not send your heart into that kind of trauma. <laughs> Just pick a place that's annoying you and go from there. One space. <laughs> I love that you're you're expert and you know what you're doing, but you're so realistic about it too. You're like, I already know what's going to happen if you try. <laughs> Right. I do because I'm a realist and I've been there. Like I didn't just come out of the womb organized. I am, I am kind of an organized chaos. I have certain areas of my life that everything is like perfect and where it goes. And I have a photographic memory. So if someone says to me, Hey, where's my blah, blah, blah. I can tell them exactly where it is. At the same time, I will have circumstances where I need to find things. So they're all out at the same time so that I literally can go in and pick them up as I'm running in and out of the house. And so if you look at my desk, for example, right now, it literally looks like a bomb went off on it, but I can yeah. show you exactly what each pile means for the time period. And it won't be like that for very long. It's, it's a two week thing. <laughs> it's whatever works for us right now. And that's the best part is keeping organized just so things work. We have more time, we can find things and our life is an easier flow. Not what it looks like on Pinterest. Don't put down Pinterest. Just put down the Pinterest. <laughs> okay. So the other question I was going to have for you is a big one that I hear, hear all the time. How do you know what to get rid of something? Because sometimes we go to organize a space and there's just too much there. Well, I, it's really funny. I, everyone's heard of Marie Kondo. Everyone watches it. Everyone thinks, oh, does this bring me joy? I am. Yeah. yeah. She minimalizes to the point where I don't think that's sustainable either. And that's great for the people that she works with because it gives them kind of a ground point because eventually they'll build back up again and maybe they'll understand how to go back where they need to be. My husband is a collector of things. I joke. He is a collector of things. So getting rid of things is really an emotional process for people. That is... That is an area that could be a whole podcast in itself, right? So my thought is, is that if you are not comfortable getting rid of something, then don't. Don't get rid of it. We just need to find a place for it in your dynamic. We need to find a circumstance that makes it possible. And sometimes that circumstance is putting it somewhere else. Sometimes far away. Doesn't mean you can't keep it. Just means that you acknowledge that it's going to yeah. cost you to keep it like in a storage unit. I'm using that as an example. Um, and that really will tilt the scales sometimes because once oh. people think, oh, I can't keep this in my house anymore because it's suffocating me. I have to put it somewhere else. It is going to cost me X, Y, and Z per month. Is this worth it to me to continue to keep it? Then they will really be able to determine if they can emotionally handle keeping it or not. What's a good example of a, an object that you've done that with someone? I'll use my husband. We didn't get a storage unit, but I used my husband. I'm going to use my husband in this case. <laughs> Rather than throw other people that I love under the bus. Um, my husband collects baseball cards. Now, 
There's a lot of funny mentality behind baseball cards. If you're a child of the 90s, much like myself, baseball cards were a huge thing. There's an entire docu-series about it. And you were led to believe that these baseball cards were going to be worth something someday. So you had to collect every version of every card, which he has done with one specific baseball player. And in order to do that, he's acquired 10,000 baseball cards. Just so many baseball cards and they're not very big. They don't take up a lot of room, but when you stack them together in that quantity, so we kind of have this mentality of like, well, you can't keep them here. Where are you going to put them? (laughs) So he whittled his baseball cards down and now he has a lot less than 10,000 baseball cards. There are still baseball cards. Um, And they they have a little home organized in our basement. And when I say organized in our basement, I quite literally mean we have totes that are labeled Halloween decorations, Christmas decorations, baseball cards, childhood memorabilia, and everywhere has a place in the basement. Um, yes, it is. And not complicated. I mean, you don't need some crazy system. There aren't 10,000 shelves everywhere. There isn't a label for every little thing, just a general consensus. Like, this is where this goes. This is where this goes. This is where this goes. Um, you know, other times I have people that I come across that have multiple storage units and Christmas decorations from their grandmother, their mother and them, and they don't decorate for Christmas. At which point I have a conversation with them. Okay. Let's whittle down to what means the most to you, because I guarantee you there's several items in here that don't mean anything. And then we kind of just proceed from there. That's a great tool. What matters most and then work in the opposite direction. Yes, because people try to really focus on what do I want to get rid of? Well, I don't really care what you get rid of. As long as we have a place for it, I don't care what you keep or what you get rid of. Um, What I care about is making sure that you have the things that you really want and then we can work backwards. And there are times um, I have like a specialization with linen closets And I love them. I get very excited about them. I get so excited that I do not have a single before picture of any of the linen closets I've organized. And there's been at least a hundred of them. I get like so excited to just jump in and inspired. That's where my creativity lies. I couldn't draw a straight line, but I can do that. And um, most of the time I can find a way to put every single item that came out of that linen closet back with room to spare. So really, so you're able to, no matter how much, you're able to put it right back in more organized. A lot of times, because the number one trick that people do is they wad things in a ball and shove it into the places. <laughs> and that takes up like three times the amount of room. Yeah, that well, like the fitted, the classic fitted sheet. Yes. And it's super funny to me because I have a method that I do. It's probably not the Martha Stewart method, but I have a method that I do to allow for that fitted sheet to fold up pretty organized, but it's the number one thing that people wad up into a ball. Number two thing that people wad up into a ball is um, comforters. Oh, those are hard to fold sometimes or to fit in a space. They are. Yes. And so this is a circumstance where if you're a family that changes out your comforter every season, then, and I'm trying to fit everything back where it goes, that's when we bring potential secondary tools in, such as the vacuum bags that allow for those to shrink to allow for more space. Oh, yeah, it works for so some that you can actually items. have it nice fitted and neat. I didn't even think about that. 
Yeah, because the comforter is always really hard to get in there if you need to add extra duvets or feather down blankets. They're really big. And even if you do fold them, they kind of shift and they do ball up on their own. Yep, they do. So it's one of those, you know, tricks. Sometimes I don't like bringing extra tools in, you know, other than bins, but that's pretty simple. Um, that is one of those times where I'm like, oh, you know what we need? We need this. But I always recommend don't buy stuff until you know for a fact that's what you need to solve that problem. Yeah, because there's, it's really common to go out and think you need to spend a lot of money or you see something like we talked about on Pinterest, super organized, perfect bins for like the entire pantry. And that's really expensive. Really expensive and hard to keep up. Like, I don't know about you, but I have more food than that. Yeah. No, I actually saw a celebrity. They had this perfect kitchen on a home tour. I forget which one it was. But she was like, do you know how I keep oh it so gosh, perfect? She had a separate fridge for all the leftovers. But I don't have a separate pantry. <laughs> yeah. I wish. I wish we all had no. like separate hidden closets for no, all the extra. But that's not realistic. <laughs> but so that's why I love that. Roll with it, right? <laughs> so when we talk about like the system or how to do things, is there anything else like a system you use that we haven't touched on to help other moms get organized? And, you know, we talked about how to get started, but is there anything else that you can recommend or how to do it? Ask your friends, crowdsource it because everyone has a problem similar to yours. <laughs> so finding out how they dealt with that problem yeah, and kind of looking at it and deciding if that's going to work for you is a really amazing path. And I'm willing to bet someone in your circle of friends is like really good at organization and kind of learn from them. Don't recreate the wheel. Don't try and, you know, expect to come up with some magic solution on your own. Use what your friends know and make it your own. Just knowing that like, okay, someone else has dealt with this space, this circumstance, this problem. How did they achieve the same goal and kind of making it your own? Or even asking on Facebook, like, I need to organize the kid's room. What toy boxes or what bins or how do you guys organize the toys? I feel like that could be super helpful too. It can. And it really, the crowdsourcing idea is, and I say crowdsourcing because it's a real thing, but sometimes your crowdsourcing door crowd is really lucrative in trying to solve many problems. Um, <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Uh, well, th gosh, I think we've really hit on everything today. There's so oh many goodness. more things I want to talk to you about more in the future. I would love that. And I definitely want to have you on again. So if you're listening now and you have any questions, definitely let us know. Leave a review. Email me at chelsea at themamaguide.com or message us on social media. Brandy, where can they find you on social and online? Well, it's really funny because I do do organization, but my primary job, I kind of... I market myself as a local problem solver, but I'm actually a real estate agent in Colorado. Um, and so you can find me at brandyunruh.com. And it doesn't say anything about organization on there because that's kind of a perk with the people that I work with that I don't really advertise, but it is a huge part of what services I offer when I work with somebody. Which is how you do so well, because if it's super organized, people want to buy the house. It's really the key to success, and that is why I spend a lot of time with every single one of my listings making sure that things have the appeal that they need to attract buyers. Gone are the times where things in Colorado sell themselves, so I really have to make everything look as impeccable as it can. 
and you help people everywhere. I'm, I see you all the time organizing closets and you just are such an expert. And I'm so excited and appreciative thank to have you, you on today me. and all sharing all your amazing tips with our listeners. And yeah, thank you so much. I'll have, definitely wait. have to talk to you soon. That's it for today's episode. Wow. I loved having Brandy on. She is such an expert. She brings such honest, real tips that you can use right away. Let me know what you think about today's episode. Screenshot the episode and share it with us on Instagram. Tag me at the Mama Guide Official. Don't forget to come hang out with us at themamaguide.com where you can find more tools and resources just for you. And don't forget to leave a review. Let me know what you think about today's episode. It also helps other moms just like you find the podcast in the future. And I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. That's it for today. I'll catch you on episode number five. Same place, same time next week. Bye-bye.